0: my land they can bless so this is this is the reason crime's up in the UK around, go like,
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just need
0: a just need a couple guys like that then they'll put the, put the story together
1: Blessings <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> for going down Start it where he said, um, <laughs> crime's going to go up, because they're rolling, aren't they, already? Yeah. Start it where he said, crime's going to go up. <laughs> <laughs> so, we've got Mr Capone today, yeah. in the Midlands, can you believe this, an essay in the Midlands. Yeah. I'm having flashbacks to Arizona State Penitentiary right now, La Raza, Pinchihura, la pinta, all this stuff, all this language is like, it's all coming, it's all all coming. That's the language for sure, that's the lingo. I've watched all your interviews, love what you're doing, watch your videos. So you have come up in the non-traditional route, just using modern technology, the socials, and pure people power has put you where you are today. And you've got hundreds of millions of views on YouTube right now millions of followers on your socials all those links are going to be in the description box below the video so you're here in the uk raising your presence first thing is then first question is how are the english women treating you oh man they, they love that american california accent you know what i'm saying oh, <laughs> so so once i
0: hit them with that it's english muffin now <laughs> it's all good you know <laughs> you know I ain't going to say too much. It's all good, though, you know?
1: How are you finding the food here, like the fish and chips? Uh, yeah, you know, I've been uh, trying different kind of foods.
0: I know it gets kind of, like, boring with the fish and chip, but then I've been having other stuff. Um, spicy chicken, fish, I had some, you know. So, yeah, I've been mixing it up. There's a lot of different food that I've been
1: having, so it's been pretty good so far. I'm missing the burritos and all that stuff. Yeah, you got no burritos out here, no tacos. They're popping up slowly, but not, like, in America, everywhere. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. man, every corner... We got, you know, every shop's in every corner.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So people watching this are probably wondering, what the hell is he doing in the Midlands?
0: Well, I mean, it all started as a little kid. Back in the days, I used to get in trouble. So obviously my history was being in trouble as a youngster in California. If anybody knows lifestyle in L.A., California, you know, it's pretty rough. Known as gangbang capital, L.A., Um, went through a lot of crazy stuff in those times and uh, sometimes when I used to get in trouble I'd be like out to Florida or out to the East Coast and sometimes out to the UK so it all started way back I used to come to UK here and there you know like getting in trouble some this was a place to like cool off you know I guess (laughs) the bad kid cooling off go start walking to the schools, starting trouble in the schools out here. They're like, who's this crazy looking guy, you know? But uh, that was a little history. And then from there, when I became into the music, I still do the same thing, but now in the music-wise,
1: you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I said earlier, the only essay with a safe house in the Midlands from the West Coast. Now, people over and over again have gone, have listened to the jail stories and about the racial divisions in the Arizona state and the four major divisions of the whites Aryan Brotherhood, Blacks, Mau Mau, Chicanos, Mexican-Americans born in America, and then the Mexicans, Mexican nationals. So, you look like a Chicano, but what actually is your racial background? Oh, I'm from Hazara, I'm
0: which is a uh, Northwest NWFP, KPK, Pakistan, Afghanistan area. Um, mm. Basically, it's a uh, minority, of, of people in that, but it's mixed with a lot if you know the history, there's a lot of wars that went through there, Alexander the Great, uh blah blah blah. So has a mixture of the Mongols, all that. But a Genghis Khan. Yeah, Genghis Khan. So sometimes I say my bloodline, like you do my lyrics too, Genghis Khan, you know, that's why I like to go to different cities and conquer. That's why I'm in the UK here to conquer, you know? So <laughs> <laughs> But now um yeah, that's my thing, identity and I moved into Los Angeles, which is predominantly uh, Hispanic Americans. How old were you when you moved? I mean, just a little boy. I mean, uh, so I can't remember, like, so one or two years old, you know okay. what I'm saying? So uh, grew up over there. Obviously in our school, I would say 90% was Hispanic. Yeah. Maybe 7% was Asian. I didn't even see a white kid around, you know what I'm saying? I only see, when I grew up, I only see white and black on TV. Yeah. So I remember growing up in my neighborhood it was like, these are movie people. That's how I perceived white people and black people at that time in my neighborhood growing up because you didn't see that. You would see predominantly Hispanics and then there would be a, a crowd that wouldn't speak English and then the crowd that did speak
1: English and there were more of the Chicanos. So
0: obviously I speak English and I
1: grew up with the Chicano. So if your family then moving into a Hispanic neighborhood right away, were they accepted right away or was there any racial tension? No, I was accepted like
0: I had a little um I had people come to my house, um, we'd go to their house basically as a kid, they wouldn't even know if I was something else, you know, like I would tell them, and they're like, "Oh, part of Mexico is that, you know what I'm saying, so <laughs> it, we were just kids and naive, you know what I'm saying, so yeah. I don't think there was any racial and racial stuff really don't go into to when you're kids. there wasn't none of that as kids as you, we grew up and you know gangs get involved and things get
1: involved and
0: that's what brings the racial. So I think at the beginning, no one's really racist,
1: you know? What school did you go and how did you find school? Uh, school was cool, I was in La Puente
0: and Elementary schools, Grandview. Um, school, I was just, it was all right. I can't really recall too much as a little kid, just, uh, just a normal kid. Went to school, um, uh, just did my thing mess with girls same thing you know same same thing just as you get a little older in the teenage years when you get to 12 13 years old things start getting deeper and you know life hits you because
1: you know when you with the older kids there's a lot of things going on in la
0: county you know what i'm saying
1: yeah so with the gangs then they like test people and have you put working in in the beginning what kind of stuff did they have you doing now for me it was a more of like
0: uh it was a friendship. Like we would, like I'd go to my, like I would go to a party, right? So I, I went to a party. There's a lot of party crews back then—taggers, gangsters, all that. So we started off like I just go support my boy who had a party. He would, like you say, uh, maybe they were selling some stuff at the party. Two dollars entrance fee, you know, a nice party, right? So I'm going my friends that like come to my party. So I'm going to my friend's party. Then the gangsters show up to the party later on that night. Obviously stab a couple people, maybe, or beat up a couple people, steal the money, you know what I'm saying, which was probably, like, a couple hundred bucks, maybe, right, it wasn't, but at that time, that was everything, so me, as a kid, I would see my guys who were throwing parties happen to them, and I was the type of guy, like, I'm there to protect them, and I seen them, whatever, knock out a couple of my guys, and that kind of bring rage as a kid, because the gangs were running the shit, right, so when you... Or in that kind of predicament environment, you eventually, I guess, turn into something like, just like them. Yeah. So that's, that's what it kind of basically started off, like cool little party things to friends getting beat up, friends getting stabbed, and the next thing you know, you're looking out for revenge. Like, I'm, I'm gonna go find these guys. And then, then you get into the twist of gang life politics, because now you're going after someone who's in a gang, and you gotta deal with multiple guys and next thing you know, you, you become, find new friends who attack those friends, and now life starts growing, you know?
1: So you're saying that you were looking out for your mates at parties, yeah. basically, and that led to you getting into the lifestyle?
0: Basically, yeah, just uh, looking out, backing up my my boys that I felt like, you know, like they got done wrong, and then eventually got into my business because maybe I had a lot of pride as a kid, and. And then me standing up makes you end up getting involved in that lifestyle. Well, you're,
1: you're a protective person.
0: Exactly. So it's either you bow down and be submissive, where some of my friends end up being submissive, like, no, we just don't wanna. But I was like, now, you know, this is, takes you to the wrong turn, you know.
1: Now, information you take for granted is like expert knowledge to people in England. I'm talking about the gang structure. Yeah. So, I mentioned earlier about the four gangs in the prison, yeah. but the street gang thing is completely different. How are the gangs on the streets structured from your neighborhood and the surrounding neighborhoods?
0: Well, at the end of the day, it does boil down back to the prison systems, you know? Does it? Because at the it's, it's prison system, it's the older heads, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah. people who are more older than the younger heads. And uh, at the beginning, in the 90s, it was a little bit less structure. When we, when we grew up, it was more chaos, more more craziness till people bring structure to the to the thing but it also bring a lot of divides it brings a lot of rules which were somewhat good you know sometimes it can be bad sometimes it can be good but it bring a lot of structure in the thing organized a little bit more to the point where everybody was just going against everybody and it was just a free-for-all you know what i'm saying so growing up as a kid i seen a lot of these kids that i grew up with are end up doing life in prison and now you know there there's somebody inside prison now i haven't talked to him for years but that's how i went innocent little boy but now he's you know it's he, that's his lifestyle you know
1: i saw one of your videos where you're giving a shout out to three of your homies who are inside maybe later on we, we could talk about a bit more about them so it's like north south is it where you
0: were yeah well i'm from southern california Yeah. So in uh, California, obviously, um, when you go inside, there's two. There's north and the south.
1: Yeah.
0: And there's also, like, um, the Fresno area. Um, you know, you just, there's politics and all that, too. And then uh, Southern California states to Southern California. Times now, from what I'm hearing, is changing a little. Mm-hmm. But still waters run deep. So obviously, it's not it's not 100% peaceful situations. But... Everybody sticks to their own, just like you, you know. Um, you got the Faisas, the Border Brothers, people from Mexico. Then you got the Southern Californias, you know, and then there's the Northern Californias. And, uh, you know, we, we grew up in Southern California, so it don't matter who you are. Even if you're not affiliated, you're rolling with Southern California if you grew up in Southern California. So there's no, you walk in jail and there's no, like, I run my own program and this and that. You're, you're part of a program, you know what I'm saying? So <laughs> that's just part of the lifestyle, you know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, Arizona, it's all racial. So whatever the street gangs are, yeah. if they're rivals, the shot callers, like, you got to squash that beef. Yeah. You just, yeah. you just yeah. represent with us. Yeah
0: inside, yeah, inside all that beef is taken out the door. Um, anyone trying to have their own beef, personal beef, they got to sneak in the kitchen and let it handle it real quick without anyone else catching on to it because at the end of the day, it's um, structured in there now, and um, all that street politics gets turned away inside because uh, numbers is everything, you know what I'm saying?
1: For a long time in Arizona, the Chicanos and the Mexicans were at war. It was like kill on sight. Was it like that between north and south for a while? Uh, Yeah, I mean, that's always been the case. I mean,
0: obviously, um, I'm, I'm fortunate not to be super... I've been to a lot of county jails. I've been in and out all my teenage years, just back and forth. I know the game. I know little homies that I raised that are doing life in there, then coming out and telling me stories. So definitely that, it just goes on and on. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's stories of, I hear homies tell me stories about, sometimes people go on, like, suicide missions. They go to another, like, dorm of people just to let try to, you know, and then they know they're going to get smashed out, but it's a point game. You know, I got two or three. So I hear stories from my little homies that tell me things that go on inside. So obviously it's a, it's a real, you know, war, war zone in there sometimes, you know. Kamikaze missions. It could be organized, but then when, yeah, when things go on, anything can go on, you know. What was the first time you ever got arrested? Oh, man, lots of times when I was a kid, so this is talking in the 90s. Um, I mean, I've, I've been arrested for everything that I've been arrested for as a kid was violent. So whether it was assault with deadly weapon, eventually attempted murder dropped to assault, assault, great bodily injury, most violent, you know, I was on the streets, and just part of the game, you know?
1: So my co-defendant, Wildman, who was my best friend from childhood, he just died and his, his funeral was just before Christmas. We left him out in L.A. one time and um, he ended up in the county jail and he was giving me some county jail stories. It's fucking nuts in there. What what was your what have you got any stories from county jail? Man, first of all, county jail is a dirty place, not even with the
0: street shit, but it, just the dirt of it. I mean, we used to have this thing called Freeway Freddy, like mice. I remember I, I'd wake up to my for my cell and there was a mice in my shoes. And I'm like, I'm gonna have to put my shoes on and who knows how many, where this mice came from. You get what I'm saying? Yep. There's a lot of diseases in there where people had ringworm on the back of their head. I mean, we were, we were pretty organized from Southern California because everybody looked out for each other. Like I walked in, here's some shower shoes. Don't take a shower without wearing your shower shoes. Don't do this, don't, you know what I'm saying? Because you, you walk in, Without your shower shoes, which a lot of people did, you're gonna have athletes for tomorrow. You know, shit is that dirty. You know what I'm saying? So we're living in a dirty paradox of a jail where nobody gives a shit. You sleep in a cell, the walls all hit up. You got rats running
1: through your thing. I mean, green you know, green bologna sandwiches. Yeah,
0: exactly. So it's not. It's not. It's not <laughs> I don't know how the jails are out here, but I know if there is. Crap. And I've been to L.A. County. I've been to San Bernardino County. I've been to Riverside County. But to far worse, L.A. County is just another level of trash, you know, with just just like, it's no good. But when, in those days, I didn't look at it as that bad because we were living a life that was just crazy. But now, by me thinking about it, like, damn, I had a fucking... Freeway Freddy sleeping in my shoe. What would I do now if I seen freeway? You know, <laughs> How would I take that now? You know, <laughs> like. But it, you can't. You can't complain. I mean, obviously you complain. That's another problem. You know, this is just you got nothing coming. Yeah, nothing's coming. You know, so.
1: So for someone with you then, as, with so much experience who knows the program, what would you tell a young person who was going into prison for the first time? Survival techniques. How to behave.
0: Yeah, it's a lot of discipline. So from the 90s when we grew up, we were taught to be wild, ruthless, not giving a fuck attitude, right? Now, you have that kind of attitude and go to prison. It's not like that no more. You got someone to, you got to listen. You got to take orders. You got you to gotta make sure you do your bed. You got to be organized. You got to be everything you got to be. If, you, if you're this crazy, crazy, crazy fool, that ain't working no more. The crazy fools that are getting drugged in the dirt. You got to listen to the thing. So to the young generation who's out here living freely, living wildly when you go in there, I mean, that's, that's out the door. You know what I'm saying? No how, matter big, bad you are, crazy you are, it don't really matter no more because there's 150 more crazier motherfuckers than you in there. And they're going to make sure if you're crazy, they're going to make sure they make you, they show you to the world that you're not crazy. You know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah. So people who go in and think they're a bad ass are going to get humbled very quickly.
0: Yeah, that's the case for everybody. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They're going to take stickings to the chest, to the neck, swiped, flowing on the floor like nothing. You know? Then they're going to, if they still come with that, it happens again. After two or three times, you you get, you know, really put down. You're going to be humble for sure. You know? Yeah. Just human nature.
1: So the young people I saw coming in they want to put the work in get the tattoos get patched up so I know what that happens for people in the white race are you able to describe what happens for people in the chicanos and the essays
0: yeah i mean obviously i don't really want to talk about it too much cuz we have a
1: we keep it uh, you know what i'm saying our you know s- style
0: obviously i'm I'm in music now so i'm not currently involved in that but obviously i know about it cuz i grew up in it but same thing, you get in there, it's the same thing with everything, you know, like there's these youngsters that want to earn stripes, and um, they're going to go do what they got to do to earn stripes because they might be looking at 50 years of life in there. So if I'm, if I'm looking at 50 years of life inside, I might be like, you know what, I'm trying to go, I'm trying to do stuff. So there's a lot of people that want to come in and earn stripes, I would say a lot of people, so at the end of the day, that's what just, uh, it happens, and they have ties back to the streets, and the streets, they're now, they're inside, and you know, becomes a business, I guess, right?
1: So Bloods and Crips has moved over to this country now. I just interviewed a Crip out of Manchester who was in Supermax prison here for what happened with him. We're going to bring the essays out here. (laughs) (laughs) Any of you guys out there? Oh, Kieran Proverbs, shout out to Kieran Proverbs. He's doing good now. He's all positive things. He would love to meet you, man. But how, you know, a lot of us have watched movies like Colors. How does Bloods and Crips fit into the California prison system?
0: I mean, yeah, Bloods and Crips is uh, another uh, factions of uh, gangs in Los Angeles. Um, Every city had a Blood and Crip. I mean, even our city had some... um, Crips and obviously there's Bloods in different areas. Where I'm from, relevantly, it wasn't that big, you know. Essays were major controlling most of the areas, but predominantly in Los Angeles, there's a lot of Bloods and Crips, and uh, it goes in histories. And obviously, they when they roll inside, they got their car, and the Bloods and Crips are actually united in there in a way. So um, yeah, I mean, they're part of Los Angeles society definitely. Without Bloods and Crips, Essays, those are the three major factions in Los Angeles. But uh, at the end of the day, it's just we have Samoans now. There's Asian gangs. I mean, there's just a culture of Los Angeles, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And even with the whites at some of the beach areas, there are skinheads, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. it's just the culture of uh, Los Angeles in general, you know, it's just a pot everybody wanted to represent. They had to represent their side.
1: You used to have some connections in California. We used to be able to do the West Hollywood Playboy Crips. <laughs> <laughs> so you're getting arrested a few times then, in and out of county jails. Now, you mentioned you had an attempted murder beef. Yeah. Are you able to say what happened there?
0: I mean, yeah, it's old stuff. Uh, anything, uh, you know, when you use a weapon of heavy force, it comes out to be attempted murder. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't no, I didn't have no gun charge of that. But uh, everything in, when you, what I've learned through the system, because I've been through a lot of times and I've fought a lot of cases, won a lot of cases, a lot of shit get dropped. When they first put you in, they throw like six, eight charges on you. You got attempted murder. You got, like, threatening witness. You got, like, they just throwing everything at you. You're looking at 14 years, you know what I'm saying? Eventually, at the end of the day, that attempted murder could go down to assault with deadly weapon it could be a little intimidating fix then you do a year or something county led, you know what i'm saying get a joint suspension so i ran into those kind of issues but uh yeah i mean tempted murder i never took a plea to it so I, I don't have it on my jacket but when they when you get in there they're gonna throw that at you they're gonna throw as much as things that they can throw at you you know what i'm saying so and some people unfortunately there's a lot of good homies in there that They take the first deal they take. I'm like, oh, you know, like, come on, you know. But it's just, well, I got this going on, this going on, and they they never been busted in before in their life. It could be a regular street fight. The guy could crack him with a bat, or that guy could pull something out and he hits him with a bat. Guy knocks down, goes whatever. Boom. He somehow he tells on him. This guy's doing 10, 15 years, you know. And now he comes out programmed a different kind of guy. A lot of sad stories inside, you know what I'm saying? But
1: would you say that the prosecutors are like used car salespeople? They start out up here, yeah. throw that mud at you, see how much will stick, try and scare the shit out of you, so you'll sign for something. Yeah. But, but the, tr- the trick is to like hold out, isn't it? It'll make your case go. Stale. Yeah, definitely.
0: I mean, you know, because they'll make it. They'll make it bigger than what it really is. You know what I'm saying? I mean, yeah. they'll make you. They'll throw you in court. They'll throw you in front of the jury if you're going to jury, whatever. They're going to make you look like the worst man of the world. Yeah. And then that scares some people to see that and they're like, man, if you lose this thing, you're going to get even more time. So someone might want to jump on a deal for 10 years to take 20. Yep. But uh, obviously, if you know the cases you really think through, if it's not really what it really is, you should have a fighting chance, but... The system is corrupt too, at the end of the day. They can paint a picture of you bad. And being in Los Angeles in the 90s, like Cholo's essays were just not looked upon as like nice people, right? So if you're going in a jury, you're looking at getting convicted, no matter how good you are. Like you you could have done nothing wrong. They just look at, they don't understand that lifestyle. They don't get where you're coming from. So they're gonna hang you dry. So a lot of people just end up taking deals and going for it, you know what I'm saying? So it's a sad situation, but uh, it was a lot of, you know, I could say a lot of racism too, because they look at a homie or an essay and they're like, this guy's a, he's a psycho, he's a killer, he's a murderer. They'll make, they'll paint you that picture bigger than it is and you can one the time now, you know?
1: Well, that brings me to my next question then, just, just taking aside from your life story then. What do you think about the war on drugs? War on drugs, man, you know,
0: it's crazy because uh, i seen a little bit of your story and I've seen how it's going. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of things to say, like who bring the drugs into, you know what I'm saying? Who really bring the drugs in? CIA. Exactly, you know what I'm saying? So there's a lot of uh, sneaky shit going on and then it's always stuck in the hood and, you know, people in the rich area, they do the drugs too, but they never get in trouble. It's the guys who are living in the hood or getting in trouble, then it's flooded in the hood. I mean, it's crazy, you know? I mean, I remember back in the days, people, rich areas would come and buy the most drugs, but they'd go live the happy life, right? The people in the hood, they're the ones getting popped. They're the ones that are getting boom, 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 you know? And some of these guys up there, they had drugs for sale too, but it's just like... It was just focused on getting anybody from the hood. So, man, that was it. I wasn't a drug person. I will tell you true. I wasn't like a drug seller. I was more of a street dude. But obviously, around my circle, people were selling drugs. And that was very relevant. And uh, some people were just on the corner slanging rocks, you know, like just looking for the clucker and boom, boom, getting the shit. Homies were putting homies out. Just, it was something in the streets in the 90s. It was very common. And then you get fat wads of cash. People were just, you know, woo, but it's just, uh, you know, it's a, it's a dirty game, man. Drugs is a business, really.
1: Who's the biggest gangster, Suge Knight or George H. W. Bush? <laughs> Bush. <laughs> 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 Shout out to the Bush and Clinton crime families. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you are up there. <laughs> <laughs> Man, they got a lot of
0: blood on their hand. They got a lot of drugs on their hand. I mean,
1: yeah. I wrote a book exposing this, and I interviewed Freeway Ricky Ross. Okay, yeah, yeah. What did you think about him?
0: I read his story a little bit, and uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, he's a good dude. I mean, from now I've seen, he has a crazy story. uh. I nothing to say, yeah, just, you know, he lived that life, you know, he got put in a position and they took it from him, so, you know, who knows, he knows the whole, he knows what's really going on, you know.
1: What do you think about his beef with Rick Ross, who took his name?
0: I mean, he obviously is the real Rick
1: Ross, <laughs>
0: but uh, I'm not going to shit on the other Rick Ross because it is what it is, man, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean...
1: All right. Go, go. I
0: guess you, you you can go for it, you know. For your Rick Ross, go for the other Rick Ross. Throw your know I mean? it's, <laughs> it's a throw after throw, you know.
1: I can't believe how much coke he brought in, and then yeah. found out he was getting it from the fucking. He was financing the war in Nicaragua for the yeah, for the Bush and it. Oliver North.
0: That's what I'm saying. All this crazy, corrupted shit. Even today, I mean, I don't know. There's a lot of crazy, corrupting shit going on, but I mean, yeah, war on drugs. You seen that shit crack hit L. A. like crazy in the '80s. On you know, the was, weapons, yeah, weapons, guns were like. I remember, I remember personally, fools were. I didn't pay attention where they're coming from. But now, as you get older, you're like, well, how did they get there in the hood that easy? You know? Military
1: aircraft flown by Barry Seal, who fools also were, written a book.
0: Fools had Tommy guns in those days. People had grenades. Little homies were like fifteen year old kids. Like, I can get some grenades. I'm, I'm hearing these stories as a kid. So now I, I looked at it as like normal, but is was it really normal? Like to have abundance of any kind of weaponry like that you
1: know so the government had an agenda to fill the private prisons they were getting like sixty thousand dollars a year of taxpayers money they went after the lowest hanging fruit there was massive racism involved people from the poorest neighborhoods because they couldn't fight back and get lawyers and shit i saw one cop say i just go to a black neighborhood to make my arrest quotas it's like shooting fish in a barrel yeah
0: yeah no it was because i'll tell you the truth I would like when I used to have the little car. I would drive literally, in one hour's time, I would get pulled over five to six times, yeah. different area. I pulled off the street, take off a shirt, lay on the floor, ripping through the car, fucking bending your hands, crushing your feet. Like I got arrested also. Th- now remember, I got arrested three times for uh, resisting arrest uh, and once assault on police officer. And the assault on police officer wasn't something that I assaulted the police officer. These guys were putting the knees on your face, doing this. So, out of being human, you're like, get the fuck off. Like, you know, next you know, cop is bleeding or something. Something happened. They're pissed off. They're going in for on a on police officer. So, this is the kind of shit that we had to go through as kids. You know what I'm saying? Teenagers. Like, we were dealing with the cops who were just, they'll find you like you're walking. Something hits you in the back. You already know it. a cop just hit me. You know, and then they turn on. get the fuck up. Guns to the head. I had guns pointed to the head, pushed in my face. I had homies that got killed by cops, friends that got shot with cops, and they had no gun on them. No one tells their story, you know what I'm saying? Obviously, we see stuff going on in the news now. But for the essays, I think there's been never no stories. Like, it just gets swooped up on the rug. Nobody says nothing. It's just another, oh, he looked like he was, he looked like he was, I mean, how was he looking like? You know what I'm saying? Like,
1: Don't the cops carry, like, throwaway guns around to just put on people as well in those oh, neighborhoods? Yeah, yeah, they definitely did dirty shit like that. Obviously, I can't say
0: it happened to me because it didn't, but I know they were dirty to the point where they're, like, telling me we're going to do dirty shit to you. We're like, hey, motherfucker, boo, like, talking to me like, yo, you know, we can get you right now. for th- We could do, you know? So they were basically playing their game of we're going to do what we want to do. I had to play my game of like I don't know what you're talking about, but I can see many people falling for it, like, like just falling to their trap. And and there's history now that shows many people in like the Rampart District, all the guys who got taken in, and the cops played them. You know what I'm saying? And this is happening everywhere in L.A. All the cops are there were a lot of dirty cops, straight up dirty cops. I mean, if they're gonna swing at you. When you're teenagers and they're putting knees on you and they're trying to choke you out, like you know, you're really feeling like they're really being super aggressive. You already know what they're trying to do. You know what I'm saying? They ain't, they ain't trying to play fair.
1: So they militarized the police. Yeah. And they go in with these like tanks and everything. Now, were you ever in any SWAT team raids, like military style oh, yeah, stuff?
0: Yeah, I got raided a couple of times as a kid. I mean, teenager. They come in, but the military ram had rammed the door. Woo-woo. Searching for shit, whatever, you know. um, Get on with the business and find shit, you know. Does it
1: just become a way of life after so long?
0: Yeah, I think uh, in those days it was a way of life because I remember I had court dates every day, you know what I'm saying? So I'm like, oh, I got to go to this city court. I got to go to that city court. And these are different towns and different cases. So my court was like basically my job, like going to court. Try to make sure I go to court because... I was a little bit smarter, I, I'd finish my court cases, but people don't keep up with their court cases. You got so many court cases, boom, then you got a warrant, you're in. So I would take my stuff, go to show up to the courts, but uh, yeah, that shit became a way of life. Like Pulling out of the courthouse was like the time you would think you would never get harassed by the cops. And even you go just a mile down after the court, boop, cop pulls you over. This was back in the days, I would say. I don't know now, honestly, I don't get harassed like that. I don't know if it's times changed, I don't know what, what happened, but from what I remember as a youngster, like, the cops were your enemies. Like they're really they're really here to get you and there was a situation where cops were shooting and people are shooting at cop because it's it's like a war even with the cops and the people on the streets because they don't trust you and you don't they don't trust each other. So everyone's getting piece of action now, you know?
1: So it was like a war zone back yeah. then. After have, have the police since then tried to bridge that gap and make uh relations open up with the, those communities or is it still robocop us versus them well i
0: see on the tv all all of a sudden like you know you see the cops are still doing the same shit. Mm-hmm. i personally don't have that bad of a, a thing with the cops no more maybe because i'm driving a nicer car maybe i don't know what it is i mean but i do get harassed I, I was once strolling see there's rules that i know i can't be a regular human being like you know you can see like, just say someone like you're a regular guy. He could walk to the store. He could go buy shopping. He could go to the next store. Just walk random. By me walking A to B, my first instinct is cop. If a cop sees me, he's going to fuck with me. Two, it could be an enemy. It could be something from the past. So, I'm watching, like, I'm walking, not, like, I got to pay attention from A to B. You know what I'm saying? So, that's still embedded in me today. So, like once, not too long ago, I went, I went from bank to a little spot where our studio was at. It's the right thing. I seen the cop a mile away. He seen me from a distance. I go, this guy's going to fuck with me right now. So I walk back into the bank, Wait until he leaves, right? And he wouldn't leave. So I, like, I know he's waiting for me, you know? Like he wants me. So as soon as he takes off a little distance, I said, it's time for me to go. So I'm I'm walking. Here he comes. I see him come the u turn from way over there. Like, there's 100 people walking, but I know he's coming for me. So I get to the door where I need to get, and he's like, pulls out like get on the ground. I'm like, I'm going to my place right here. Whatever. He harassed me. I kind of, like, try to make a little thing where the security's like, like, oh, shit, this guy, he stays here. Like, they're telling the cops that we got, we got a suspect that look like you. They start making up shit, harass me, whatever. Eventually, oh, we're sorry. You know, my bad. But I'm like, motherfucker, you just wanted to fuck with me. I already knew you were plotting. So that's that's the kind of life we live. In. Like, they're really watching, watching you. You know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah. When I was driving around Arizona, there was cops everywhere. I'm always looking in my mirror. Um, you know, obviously the racism thing didn't affect me, but there was a lot of cops, and it was always freaking me out. Yeah. Get back to England. Oh, you don't see any. So I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna tell you the cops
0: here, man. <laughs> I see the I, I went to like long time with the right here in Birmingham, Broad Broad Street, right? Where there's yeah. clubs or something, right? So I'm staying right there at the little hotel, you know? I'm seeing this guy drunk as hell, like screaming at the cop, Fuck
1: you, motherfucker. <laughs>
0: Taking off his shirt, drunk. I'm like, Oh, this fool's gonna get laid out. You know, the Cali mentality, yep. you, you act that you, him down. You, you act that tough, yeah. you're done. He's yelling to the cop. He's yelling to everybody. I'm like, nothing's happening. The cop is just Like, go home, go home. I'm like, what the fuck? This guy, this guy, I'm like ready for, to catch a a moment. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's going to get shot or he's going to get whacked, you know? (laughs) Nothing happened to this guy. This guy punked the cops. He made the cops leave and he just went on his own. I was like, what the fuck? So I was like, this can't be real. So I go to, I go to the gas station once. There's some cops there. They're walking. They got their sticks. There's like four of them. I'm walking behind them. So I'm just like, just trying to just walk with them they don't even realize I'm behind them. In California, if you even get close to a cop behind you, he hits the wall, puts his hands on the gun, and looks at you like, what's up? Like basically it's showtime, you know? He could be at a restaurant, and I walk in, the cops are at the restaurant, they're like, they'll touch their gun and look at me, and I look at them like, we just keep moving, you know? But he'll give me that nod like, don't try nothing, buddy. And I'm looking at him like, I'm watching you too. You know, we're just, we're giving that, you know, whatever. But over here, you're like walking behind a cop. I'm like, my head, my crazy thoughts is, I can get this cop right now, throw him in my car, and he doesn't even know nothing. He's smiling, walking, I'm, he doesn't know. I'm like, I'm already perceived to be myself as a gangster now because the cops treat me like one. So I'm like, I'm right behind this cop. He doesn't know what I can do to this guy. But that's the difference. They're, they're ready for war. We're ready for them. It's like constant on your toes over here, the cops are like, man, they're like pedestrians. Man.
1: I can imagine a British, a British cop walking up to you and you thinking, right, it's on, he'd be like, can I get your autograph, please, Mr. Capone? That's yeah. what I'm saying, the cops are just, that's
0: what I'm saying, if I did talk to a cop, it was, it was I think someone said something nice, like, yeah, I'm like, I'm like, this guy looking at me like, he doesn't even realize I'm from, you know, like, I'm like, wow, this guy, I, I'm thinking, I'm not thinking sinister, but I'm thinking backwards as a kid, if I was to, in this place, I'd terrorize this place. So, you know, like, but, but I was like, damn, you know, like, it's crazy. But
1: So when I came back, it was like 17 years, reverse culture shock. Things I noticed is like the roads, lay off the roads, the cars parked on the, like, it's like fucking got to drive around. What stuff contrasts to you what stood out the most in England versus back home?
0: Yeah, maybe that driving was something because you got driving the wrong different side, right? wrong I don't know, side, wrong side the or wrong side or we wrong side. Yeah, that I just haven't even got to the driving part over here yet. I just you haven't driven. I just can't. I try once and I'm like, you know, the little roundabouts. Yeah, that shit like
1: they freak me the yeah. fuck out, man. Yeah. Like, What's my stop sign and my traffic light? Yeah. I'm not yeah. That.
0: So yeah, the the driving over is kind of maniac a little bit. Feels like because obviously I wasn't raised over here and you know you got these little cars moving around woo, 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 you know? it's like dungeon cars isn't it yeah and we got big roads in cali and oh man i love the
1: freeways out there
0: i'm on the phone on the yeah. i'm on the phone driving that's the kind of vibe you have in cali you don't yeah. even you don't even pay attention to the road you're moving but you're doing other things i'm on the phone I'm texting obviously you keep an eye on them a little bit but it's so wide that you don't have to you don't have to look at the front, you know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, Over
0: yeah. here, I'm like, I, I can't just yeah. drive and really drive, you know? Like, you're really driving, you
1: know? So, we've got like, what, three lanes on our, we call them motorways. Yeah. How many lanes is it as you're coming towards California? Like, four or five, right? Yeah. Past, past Palm Springs and it all yeah. opens up.
0: Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of lanes. yeah. yeah it's and huge. then, LA's considered a lot of traffic, but I mean, still, they got a big lot of lanes, you know?
1: Yeah. So, all right then. I mean, you're so inspirational to all the young people. You've had this background, you could have been doing life very easily. Yeah, like you easy said, attempted murder beef. How do you break out of that lifestyle? Well, to me, for me, I would say
0: lucky for me. Like, cause music came into my life. And being the hood, we always loved music. We loved different shit. So uh, when music came to me, that put my dedication As much as I was involved in being in the streets and trying to be the craziest motherfucker, trying to be... You know, I did all that shit. Involved in all the stuff the streets was in the 90s. But as soon as music came, I go, let me do this same shit into the music. But then also now, I'm a guy who can speak the real stories of the streets because I'm doing music. And then what I do personally that nobody else does, I bring out other people just like me who... I've signed guys who did 15 years in prison, came out. I've signed guys who did eight years in prison. I've signed guys who are active in the hood, who are in trouble every day, and I present opportunities to them. Here's music, man, because you know everyone loves music at the end of the day. Some made it, some didn't. I mean, I know some of them got back, put back in jail. Some, they just had a drug habit maybe, and they couldn't really get into the music, and then some were successful. Some end up having not good relationships with them, me and them. Obviously they had a different mentality. I had a different mentality. I've been there, done that. They probably got into the music, maybe, and never lived that life. And then they feel like now they're part of that life. And I'm still not, a, I'm not a punk. So at the end of the day, no one ever gets over me. Like any street cat that can be street crazy as they are. I'm a, I'm a crazy motherfucker too when it comes to it. So we end up just clashing. They move on their way. I move on my way. I know the rules of the game. I don't talk shit. I don't have songs talking about F him, F him, F him because I'm from the streets. I've seen people get indicted. I've seen people get locked up. Too much extra talking. You know what I'm saying? It's not not the rules. So hey, at the end of the day, I'm successful in doing music. I'm keeping to that. I'm bringing out the homies from the hood. You know, I'm a street cat, and um, I'm one of the few that's probably in the music game at this time that really lived the 90s lifestyle, you know what I'm saying? Because nowadays, uh, there's new gangsters, new things, and these guys are wilding now, doing crazy shit, Like, but it's not like ours where this was like a do or die. This was ruthless. This was just like people didn't... You grew up like your ambition was to make sure the next man is... Slammed out, you know what I'm saying? Like, it was that kind of mentality we had growing up, but nowadays, you know, it's this internet, everybody's showing off, like, putting guns in the picture, and I'm crazy. You know, it's, it's a different world, you know, but yeah. I'm still actively in music, I'm still fresh in it, I still rap the street slangs, I still do the street stuff, and uh, and me, I, I'm encouraged to even be in the UK now and to do music with the street guys in the UK because yeah. they got their streets, they got their street. Wars going on, they're knife crimes, they're stabbing up people, same stuff over here. So, uh, drilling, they call yeah. it drilling. The, you know, this guy's gonna drill you, you know, like, <laughs> like the driller is my little driller, you know. I hear these slangs out here, you know. And it, to me, it pumps me up because this is the culture I like from California. But we're doing music, so hey, let's, let's get this in music, you know what I'm saying? Now, if you personally go and drill someone on your own that's between you and your, your shit but we know what that life's about and we uh we just want to keep continuing dropping the real music you know
1: what I'm saying so when you hear like a London rapper for example and this you know rapping in this Cockney accent but they're talking about the, <laughs> they're talking about the feds yeah. and they're talking about drilling how does that make? what does it make you feel like this um, is like I, I respect
0: every gangster yeah, you yeah, know what I'm saying yeah, yeah. like I, I know we're from a place that I would call the most gangster of all but i respect everyone's gangster yeah i mean everybody got their stories uk's got their stories um when i used to go i was the type of kid that when i would go to new york when i was in trouble same shit i'd go to new york and i would go find the gangsters there and i would start shit with them <laughs> just because i'm from la you know like that was the kind of mentality we, we in california have a lot of pride so we're like la la you got people with la tats on them you know I don't know how many people have London tats on them, you know, but But we got people that just represent L.A., L.A. You listen to our songs, To Live and Die in L.A., Tupac, L.A., California Love It. It's just everything to do. We rep so hard because it's embedded us. like We're like soldiers to rep for our area. So when I go to these other areas, I'm L.A. this, L.A. this. But then, obviously, I like to connect with the real ones in the cities they're from and do music because... Some of them got to be real. Some of got to go through the same struggle and the same pain that we came through. You know what I'm saying? It might be different style, but it's, a, you know, it's, they got their struggles, you know?
1: So when I was in America, there was a lot of this East Coast, West Coast rap beef going on. Yeah. Does that continue to this day or is that no, died down?
0: that was the 90s, I guess. That was the kid days when uh, Pac was representing the West Coast. Biggie was uh, East Coast and L.A. started that shit. We like, fuck. We just start saying, fuck New York. You know what I'm saying? Pac said it. We all said it, so everybody in L.A. was really about it. Now, I don't think New York was mentally into that kind of atmosphere of fuck L.A., even though there's always some guys, like, you know, said that too, probably. But we were so embedded in that West Coast lifestyle that you got a bunch of gangsters who are now, like, united on a different front. They're like, fuck New York. So when Biggie Smalls came, something happened, whether I don't know how or what happened, but Tupac ended the story... A Crip ended up, so it's just that LA culture that got both of them. You know what I'm saying? And it's that LA culture, the West Coast, East Coast beef, that we all were pumped up. Like it was a bad time for people from the East if they came to LA and like I'm from the East Coast. I mean, I was a kid at that time, and this guy's saying I'm from the East Coast. I might have tried to try to hit him with side of the head with a bat, right? Because just because he said I'm from the East Coast, even though it has nothing to do with me but we were so in love with our area that we were all ready to ride for it. I I had a hundred soldiers ready to go off anyone, someone from New York's here in our town saying he's from New York acting up, everyone let's go. That's our mentality, which was, I I don't know, maybe it's crazy, but this is the lifestyle that we were raised in Southern Cali, man.
1: Earlier, you mentioned you signed someone up who was doing a 50 year stretch. So I worked with the Kursler Trust, and we help prisoners rehabilitate through art, writing, poetry, rap, everything. How much wasted talent is there in prison?
0: There's a lot of talent in prison. Um, so much. Uh, in fact, I'm going to name a guy that uh, I haven't met up yet, but he's in L.A. He's been writing to me in prison since uh, 2001. I had homies that he was locked up with. And he used to write me his letters and say, look, this is what I got locked up for. Woo, woo. One day I'm out, I'm going to rap, I'm going to rap, right? Now he got out just recently, six months ago. And he sent me a message, I'm out now, I'm out. And I think he's doing rapping. Obviously, I'm in a different space of time that it's hard for me to, I got so many people that I'm helping out. But I recognized him as writing to me like every year from prison that I rap, I do music, when I get out, when I get out. And I have kind of like forgot about this guy. Until he got out, and he reminded me, I was like, damn, that's the same guy that used to write to my letters. Letters, You know, I was like, and, you know, I wouldn't read some of the letters, you know, to be honest, but I'm like, he's inside, so I got to give him some kind of recognition, and I would read it, and he was like, yeah, I was locked in with your homie this, your friend this as kids. I'm his bunkie, so I started respecting his letters a little more, and I was like, damn, when this kid gets out, he's going to be, a force, at least something he's going to try in the music game because he really had ambition. So on that note, there's a 100 people out there inside that were like that. And he's one of the guys. So yeah, shouts out to that guy right there that uh, he just barely got out doing 20 years, or I don't know how long he did, but he's been riding me when I first started rapping. So I'm like, damn,
1: you know? The sad thing is there's all this talent inside, and they don't give them anything to... to, um developed that, it's just drug and gang-infested mayhem. Is that the same in in California?
0: Yeah, basically, I mean, yeah, I mean, inside jail, you're not thinking about rap. You start thinking about the lifestyles inside there. Now you're caught up in the system in there. So you got to watch your back. Being a rapper in jail also could be not a positive thing either because you got other gangsters who can't rap, and they might be jealous of that. So, like me, like, I would think to myself if I was in jail... Would I even tell people, hey, I'm a rapper? I'd be like, nah, I ain't a rapper. I would come with that, even though I'm so well-known now, like, I can't even say that. But if I was in jail, my mind, you know, when I sit back and think, I wouldn't want to be saying I'm a rapper because I would know how I was if I wasn't a rapper. I'd be like, who the fuck this fool think he is? You know, he thinks he's a big star? We're going to show him how to, you know? So I'm just a regular homie, you know what I'm saying? But that's, it's... I don't think there's probably a lot of talent there, but they're not going to expose their talent because someone's not going to like that, and then they're going to—they're not going to have a comfortable time dealing with a lot of people all the time. It's a lot of jealousy, envy on the streets and inside also. You know what I'm saying? So when you're in there, you just uh just—you're just another number. You know?
1: Yeah, that's it. So if someone went in there showing off, who uh, was claiming to be a rapper and had money and stuff like that, probably they would get extorted, would they?
0: They could, yeah. I mean. It just depends the kind of guy he is. Like, if someone's just one of those flamboyant guys, that could possibly happen. I mean, I was raised on the streets. I never was a flamboyant kind of guy. So I already know, you know what I'm saying? I'm just here collecting, doing, helping out homies. But the, in the rap game, it brings a lot of flamboyancy. A lot of people who show off every day like, I'm this and that, I'm the baddest, I'm woo-woo, you know? You go inside, all that badness is over, you know what I'm saying? You're just you just normal now. You And if you feel like you above somebody, Someone will bring you down. You know what I'm
1: saying? Hypothetically speaking, then, what would happen if someone like Takashi landed in LA County Jail?
0: <laughs> oh, Takashi, man, he comes out with feathers, man. I, <laughs> I don't, I don't know, I, I don't know how Takashi would last in LA County Jail, man. Takashi, man, it just—he couldn't even last on the streets in Hollywood. You know what I'm saying? He's in these rich areas, and they're catching him in the hotel room, really? You know, like he went to like Hollywood. That, People would break into the hotel rooms in Hollywood, where's Takashi at so If they're doing this to him on the streets of LA, oh man, jail, he got nothing, he got no friends. What was that. he claiming, Bloods, Trayway. Bloods. So I encountered, uh, before he ended up having a snitch jacket, he dissed LA and it got so personal that I kind of took it offensive. So I flew to New York, right? I had a little business, but I was like, while well, I'm out here, I'm gonna look out for this Takashi fool. And I'm going to, like, I'm on the gangster shit, but I was like, he's dissing L.A. So if I see this fool, fuck this fool. You know, I'm going to have to swing on him, Take do whatever, you know, whatever, even though I know he might have security, whatever it is, but I'm going to do justice of my feeling if he's dissing L.A. So I find out he's at a club. I'm at a club, you know, pull up. Uh, there's a little video footage of it out there. Uh, he had all his henchmen there, whatever. I had a couple... Riders with me, you know, so like, hey, we're going to rumble, we're going to rumble, that is what it is, but we're going to fucking let him know L.A.'s in New York, so we pull, I pulled up on him, obviously he's a blood, so any issue he has, from what I, I know on the streets, it's a blood issue, it's nothing to do with us, because we're homies, he's not a homie, so him being wrong or bad, they got to take care of their own people, but my question to him was, I need to talk to this fool. And they're like, security. I'm like, nah, 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 I'm familiar. I need to talk to this fool. So I, I pulled up in him. I go, what's up? You got a problem with L.A.? You know, what's, let me know. I'm right here. He, nah, man, it's all love. And, you know, he pulled out his hand. It's all love. Then I seen the shoddy guy who's, I guess, locked up. Because I, I paid attention. To me, he's the gangster. He, I got to watch out for this guy. I'm not even watching out for Takashi. So he grabs... 6'9 like this, so I'm already thinking, so he sees me, if I take flight, he's gonna throw him on the ground, then you know, it's gonna turn into something else, right, so he's holding him by the waist, while I'm talking to him, Takashi's like, nah, nah, then I go, alright man, whatever you have, this is LA, I'm just letting you know, And if you got some issue, your own people, your blood, handle your shit, even though I'm not in the gangbang politics, no more, but it's just in you to like, he disrespected LA, and I'm in New York, Takashi's in the same club as me, I have to go to him, you know, like I, I can't just walk out this door like, like Takashi's in the shit. I don't want to say nothing or hey, I want to take a picture. Fuck all that, you know. I'm going straight to him. I'm put on. I feel like I'm put on blast, and I have nothing. Like if I don't do this, I feel pussy inside, right? Because I'm seeing Takashi in this building, even it's New York. There's fifty guys around him. It's his backyard. I'm gonna go up and I'm gonna let him know this is LA. And I did. I went up. He didn't come back with a smart remark. He could have. It could have gone ugly. And I was ready for that. I was ready for the worst things to happen. But I was like, I'm going to make sure, even if the worst shit happened, I got one lick on Takashi. You know what I'm saying? Whatever. (laughs) That was my, my thinking. You know, but it worked out where he's like, nah, I got no problem with LA. He said it in my face. I seen him say it in my face. I was like, all right, that's your blood issue. That's cool. All right, boom, walked out. I was like, hey, I did what I had to do. I left it off my chest, and that's the wrong mentality you gotta have sometimes. But that's the mentality we grew up with. And you see a enemy or somebody. I mean, I can't say it's an enemy, but he just the West Coast at one time, and everybody was on him. I was there, so I had to. I had to let it be known.
1: So, if Nine Trey Bloods is uh, of Rikers a prison gang, and Takashi's rolled on these guys, how is he still alive?
0: Well, that's some New York stuff again. So before, when this happened, this was before all that snitching happened, and then now, I mean, I would think like this. Look, he's got a lot of money going on. He's got probably, I'm hearing that his first house he went to, he had the whole security, like, cops everywhere. He snitched himself out. He went to the balcony. Some kid took a picture of him in the balcony. Next, you know, everyone's going to that house. So, whoop, he moved out of there. So, I mean, I can't blame those guys either, because the prize, probably a lot of fucking you know, shit going on, I, that's none of my business. I'm not really, that's not my problem, and thanks God, it ain't my problem. That's their problem, and I mean, who knows? I mean, Tekashi, time is the essence, right? I mean, if they really hate him, they might get him, whatever, but at the end of the day, I mean, I just, I don't even know. I don't pay attention to the court cases. I don't really, I just look at it like, man, this is, it's a lot of clownery shit,
1: um, so can he no longer do public appearances then or gig because someone take a pot shot at him?
0: I don't think he can. I mean, really. I mean, I think you can and you can't In the end of the day. You know what I'm saying? President. A lot of people don't like the President Trump, right? A lot of people don't like every president. They go out there, there's probably people that don't like him, but they, if they got enough services surrounding you, hey man, you, you might not be touched, but what kind of life is that for this guy now? You know what I'm saying?
1: Do you think that all this controversy has actually enhanced his career and sales and um, raised his profile, even though it's negative?
0: No, nah, I think he kind of fell off, honestly. I think he had that hype when it was first going on, but it can't last forever. And I would think, I was thinking, damn, this guy's actually lasting. He is somewhat staying alive and still doing it, but his expenditures of being who he is now is catching up to him and he can't really he's going to get the views he's going to get the streams because it's a stream world now people everything's about views so he'll get that but at the end of the day he's getting he how long are you want to get that for you know what i'm saying like you have to have he's with a record label they're putting money marketing behind them they got to do whatever they got to do it's just a tough sell because you got to go out there and do shows you got to do features with people you got to really mingle and do stuff you got to shoot a video somewhere I mean, you're going to hide all your life. It's going to be tough. So he can play that game for a while, but how long are you going to hide for? You know, you're like living like living to hide. That shit could be, that's, that's a fucked up life for him, man. I,
1: I, and I, for his family, because the old school Italian mafia don't harm women or kids. That's off the table now, isn't it? So he's put his whole family. Yeah, but yeah, everything's, just you know, when you're in, living in that life, who knows? I mean, you already talked
0: your shit. You already did your shit anyone's possible you know you gotta watch everybody so i mean i i got nothing to say about that guy just at the end of the day just he's in a fucked up position and he he put himself in there because he doesn't know this life is kind of real you know and you get into that life and you talk tough and act crazy you're gonna have to deal with it now you know
1: so i could see like he used them for street cred and you think they just used him for some money and stuff
0: that's what possibly could have been. I mean, it possibly could have been he's a star. They got money to invest in him. Maybe, you know. Maybe that was the case. Maybe it wasn't. Maybe he actually we can say that he wasn't a real gangster, but maybe he thought he was a gangster. Maybe he said, I am
1: one. Maybe he wanted We call that gangsteritis. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? So, a bit of
0: gangster-itis. so now he's gotta deal with it, you know what I'm saying? It's yeah. Screwed up, you know? Yeah.
1: Alright, so it's hugely inspirational that you that music kind of like saved you, would you say? Yeah. What was those first tunes that just like really resonated? The tunes
0: up for, for me? Yeah. Um, I just did, you know, my first songs were like, What's My Name, I talked about myself. Uh, I did one song called Southside Thing. I talked about the whole Southern California, you know, like it's our turn to shine. They did the G-Thing remix with Snoop and Dre. Yeah. So I, I flipped it, did it Southside Thing, meaning this is for us. Now, they forgot about, they talk about the Bloods and the Crips, in LA, but reality essays are the biggest in LA. And so I kind of put that as a forefront, like we're here also. And that was one of my first songs that I did. I put a lot of homies on my back. I represent our stilo, our, our community. And uh, I went from there. And then I just kept going with that. And then I mixed different songs. I kept going. I just didn't stop, you know, I just kept going. But it originally started from representing our. Southern California, like I was like, yo, you heard about the Crips, you heard about the Bloods, but what about the Essays? What about the homies out here? And when I did that, everyone revolved with it. That probably made me who I am today because everyone's like, that's the real one right there. He's doing it for us, and and then hey, that got me in the music career. You know, started music. In-
1: Looking at your music, then it's like you've got this raw, aggressive style in contrast with what you described as. I style that the women like these songs more. Which style do you prefer doing? I prefer the street stuff, but my money is the ladies.
0: <laughs> so I can't stop the ladies, man. The ladies they be loving me. They made me, made me. So I do those love songs, and uh, to this day I get girls. You know, I've seen girls fainting my back in the days, like love and love. You know, so I've the ladies have really came and represented the hardest guys are some of the real ones in there but then 80 percent is just females you know they're just like so i can't i prefer rapping about shit that i, I grew up like having this interview talking about shit like that but people don't want to hear that really for me because it's the ladies who are like hey we want to know about this what's up so i'm like hey let me give it right back at you you know
1: so you're getting a lot of dms oh, in, yeah. in the old days like in england beatles The women used to throw their knickers at the star. That happened too. I
0: keep my sunglasses on, but then something just hits me. It feels very light, and I look on the ground, you know? (laughs) But I'm not touching, I'm just like, keep going. I was like, you know, I don't want to get them too crazy now, you know? But yeah, I know the feeling, you know? (laughs) Which artists have influenced you the most? Influence i mean i grew up on the N.W.A., you know all that easy tupac stuff so i guess that what influenced me but doing music wise of my own i created my own little lane a little bit mixed with that with a lot of love jams with a lot of od i did a lot of od remixes with a lot of old schools in the hood everybody loved oldies it was popular it's a jail thing too like everyone dedications to the oldies you probably. People listen to all these oldies, guys walking down the theater singing an oldie, you know? Like, it was a thing, so I mixed the oldies with, when I was, I wasn't old at that time, but I mixed that vibe with my vibe, so it became very popular.
1: I was rocking to that one in my car today. <laughs>
0: yeah. I had Angel Baby with the Rosie the Original, I did a song with Brentwood, Take a Chance on Me. So I've done some legends in the oldie game, I've done songs with them. So. That was another major step for me in my music that people really appreciated
1: who did you enjoy doing collaborations with the most oh uh, I mean Kevin Gates I just
0: did recently with him and uh to me he' a real he's a real one he he just got out of jail too he did two years a year or something and his situation was very weird because you, I don't know if you've seen it like something about a fan and he like kicked he like kicked his leg out and they gave him two years just for that someone was reaching onto to him and Whatever, so he's been really in the hood. He really, his mentality is on that level. So when he, he got out of jail, somehow me and him connected, and he goes, I feel your energy, you're a your real one. And we just naturally did music, not on no business, not like, hey, you give me money, let's do some music on this. There was no business. It was like, me and you have to do a song together, let's do it. And we did it. It was all love. So shouts out Kevin Gates. I would say he was the most best energy music I had, you know?
1: Who's out there that you would like to collab with that you haven't yet? Um, shit, I've collabed with a lot of people, man.
0: Fuck. Uh, we don't know. We're, we're going to try to make some collaborations in the UK. So let let it let it be known. <laughs> Top dogs in the UK, get at me. The real's in your town. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, some UK artists, who I'm looking through, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, um, you mentioned then that this music took you out of this lifestyle. How do you maintain that discipline and not fall back into the lifestyle?
0: That's a good question because I I was just with somebody who fought two murder cases and he won them both and he's in the music game. His name is uh, Young Dopey. Um, He's uh, from Shots Out Him. He just got out again um, and he told me the same thing. He goes, man, Capone, like, because I was like, you know, this guy's doing, he's doing real good right now and I was like, Maybe we should do a song. We talk. He goes, man, you really there? But then you, you know how to dance in the water and not get wet. You and I was like, and when he said that to me, I kind of thought about it. Like, yeah, you know what? Staying disciplined is a very tough job itself. It's very hard because uh, you gotta stay disciplined, and it's like you can't really have fun because fun is when you're undisciplined, right? So it's like. <laughs> sometimes you're you know you're partying, drinking a lot, you might just get undisciplined. You know what I'm saying? So I've been through those times that, you know, we're having a good time. Next thing you know, I'm socking up somebody, I'm thinking, damn, this guy could try to sue me, you know, tomorrow. And you know? also it's like, and I've been through there. I've been people who try to sue me over just stupid fights, you know? Like next you know, I'm my lawyer. What the fuck? I thought you were a grown ass man and you're calling about lawyers? So it's a different position when you're an artist now. You got to, Everyone's scheming on you now, you know? So I just kind of like, you know, to keep myself disciplined, you know?
1: So I come from the rave scene and I started taking ecstasy because I had anxiety as a young person and that made me into a party animal. So I had to learn how to have fun without being on drugs. Yeah. Are you able to maintain that discipline?
0: Yeah, kind of and kind of not, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I mean, it depends, Like I'm like type, of, like we're in the house, we've got a bunch of females, we've got a bunch of people, then, I'm gonna get loose. But if it's just me and my boys, I'm cool on the drugs right now. You know yeah. you what know, i Like, we're not gonna get nowhere but just go try to steal a car or something. They're gonna do something dumb. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, and I'm with you guys, and remember back, and we're gonna hype each other out, and we're gonna start wrestling each other, start getting down. Then we're gonna go outside, take it out on somebody else, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, if there's a bunch of dudes in the house, I'm not really trying to get. But if there's a bunch of girls and we gotta yeah you know, then you know the energy could be in a positive direction you know <laughs>
1: do you have a fitness discipline you look um
0: uh, no, I've just been doing a little cardio, but nothing crazy, nothing nothing i I need to get on it, but nothing
1: crazy. not checking out any of the u k gyms
0: yeah, no I haven't seen I heard everything's locked down already. Oh, you know, they're saying know. there's fines here, and you get a fine hanging out. <laughs>
1: 300 pounds, yeah. um, but video recording is okay.
0: I said, hey, the cops over here, I'm not worried about them. So I'm so smart. If they come over to me, I know how to play these guys. Not, goes, <laughs> yeah, They're not going to do, yeah, they ain't going to do nothing.
1: <laughs> so in one of your videos, you give a shout out to three homies who are still in prison. Why are they so special to you? Can you say a bit about what their stories are? It's in one of my songs, which one is? I was watching it today, Um, like like, like photos of them on the video.
0: Okay, okay, I have a song called Homies, right, maybe? Yeah. Well, just in general, people I grew up with, I lost a lot of homies to being incarcerated. I lost a lot of friends through their life, ended up being in jail. So it's just, you know, at the end of the day, I feel like I can't forget about these guys because we grew up as kids. I might be in a different place, but I understand I could have been in their place too. So I always give a shout-out to the homies, even though... I'm past a lot of that, but I'm still in t- intrigued to the streets because that's my heart. That that's who I was. If if it wasn't for this music, I might have been the bad guy, right? Doing shit wrong, whatever. But this music saved me. But I always will respect and not forget because every time I seem like when I do forget, it, it takes me out of reality. I need to be because my lifestyle will always be stuck in that lifestyle some way. You know what I'm saying? So if I get comfortable, I, I feel like if I get comfortable, I'm going to slip. You're going to be slipping. So I need to be always, I'm still, like, most wanted or I'm on the streets. Enemies could be here. Cops can mess with me. So I stay on my tippy toes all the time. You know what I'm
1: saying? I just, What's your plans going forward then in music and in your life in general? Um,
0: I just keep doing music for right now because that's the only thing that keeps my, uh, that's my drug, I guess. That's my drug to keep me not looking at other things to do. And as long as the music's going on, I'm good. Now, eventually I I feel I need to get out of music and just enjoy life. But what's enjoying life if it ain't crazy? Right? Like, my life is crazy. I've seen crazy shit. I can't be a normal guy. I can't be the guy sitting at the house, you know, just watching TV. I I need some entertainment. You don't watch Narcos? I do watch it. Yeah, I watch it. But I still can't even watch it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Meaning like, I can't sit there. I'm not that kind of guy that can sit there. I'm like, I need to go wow, out. I need to see what's going on. My aggression will be in music. So I'll go and do music. And I feel like I left it off my chest. Even if I don't bring the song out, I have to do music to keep me relevant to, to I guess, not turn me into a beast, I guess. I don't know. You know what and and
1: what, what do you say to young people watching... Who may have gangsteritis? Oh, uh, man, you know what?
0: It's for it's for the little homies out there, uh, sh- that shit ain't gonna get you nowhere, really. At the end of the day, man, um, tell you straight up, I've been there, done that, and uh, I mean, it, it's fun in games, I guess, feel macho, but see, my times is different. My times, you had to be it, like, and I couldn't, I couldn't be mad at anyone in my times, but it's two thousand twenty. There's digital, there's internet. You can hear stories, homies, podcasts. There's a lot of podcasts. There's a, uh, there's so much shit you can do. We didn't have these opportunities in our time. In our times, the opportunity was to get famous, was to put, put a knot on someone's head. That's how we became famous. We became famous off fucking somebody up, right? Now you don't. There's so much ways to become famous. You know, you don't need to be doing dumb shit no more. You know, we didn't have those opportunities. You know? Nobody was a star. You're either a super celebrity or you're a hood star. Now you, there's a bunch of stars. These fucking TikTok stars, you know? What I'm saying? <laughs> there's all kinds of characters, you know? So, I mean, just find a place that you love, enjoy yourself, get that fame, get the money, get the women. That's all you need, right? Get the drugs if you want, <laughs> but don't sell them, I guess. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Sell little if you need, you know? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know, man. Just, yeah, just, just enjoy life. That's all it's about, right?
1: um at the end of the podcast, James, my cameraman, often has a question for the guest. Do you have anything to hit today, James, or does anyone else in the room have, have a question for Mr. Capone? Yeah, are you named after Al Capone? Have you mm. taken your name from? There? Yep, What's yep. the interest with that? So,
0: so my homies call me Capone. They gave me that nickname because I was always that uh I was that gangster gangster, they felt like, you know. I was that guy I was young. You think about it like man, I'm young. But at that time I thought I was already a man. So I was like, hey, we got to do like I was always like like the gangster like, let's do it like this, let's do it like this. So like, man, you, you're Capone, you're Capone. So I just they just called me Capone. And then I really didn't even know the history of Capone until after I got that name. I was like, what's this a gangster guy? And I started studying a little bit like, damn, okay, I Somebody seen some kind of similarities. <laughs> so that was it. I got my name, you know?
1: Huge thank you to Reese for organizing this interview. We're going to put his links in the description box. Do you have any questions, Reese? Uh, uh,
0: would you collab with Danny Boy? You'd be the first rapper since Tupac to do so.
1: Danny Boy, Danny, Danny Boy. Danny Boy
0: Death Row. Uh, definitely. Uh, I mean, as a kid, Death Row was something that we always looked up to. And we liked it. I was like, man, I want not be on Death Row. I talked to Suge Knight. I was supposed to be on Death Row, right? Obviously, you know, it didn't work out. But uh, yeah, I mean, show me his links and uh, we'll maybe make, bring Death Row back with High Power, Mr. Capone, huh? you know? Hey. Well, <laughs> yeah. Johnny money? Uh How long are you in the UK for? I'm here just for a week. I'm out here doing a little music. So I got something with this guy, Frenzo, that I was talking to you about. So we're going to hit the studio. So that's going to be my first collaboration with a UK artist. He's got his own lane. I'm going to bring that in. I'm going to bring, throw my, um, my stuff into it, mixed in with the UK stuff. So it's going to be a very interesting album. Is there
1: many UK projects in the
0: making or? I've been talking to a lot of guys. But Frenzo to me, attracted me on his music because he comes with that, um, he has the different uh, the Punjabi the um, pimp flow. He's on the pimping shit, you know? Like, so you got to get him interviewed because this guy's king pimping, you know, right now. But uh, yeah, um, I kind of liked his music. So in America, when we hear UK music, sometimes it doesn't really stick, you know? I don't know, maybe because I don't know what it is. But when I heard Frenzo, I was like, this guy's pretty hard. I go, I'm going to work with this guy. So... Me and friends who got an album in the UK coming. I'm gonna be G'd up in a video representing like in my lyrics. I'm like, I'm gonna essay in London. Like I'm gonna say these things.
1: Next <laughs> about. So, yeah, <laughs> you
0: know what I'm saying? So I'm gonna bring something new and bring it to the UK. So and he's gonna bring something to America because nobody heard somebody like him either. So we're kinda collaborating. Hey, you know what I'm saying? There's some building bridges. You know, not London Bridge, but we're building bridges, you know. <laughs>
1: Anyone else got anything? Any more, James? All right. Huge thank you to Mr. Capone coming on, and please let us know in the comments below this video what you have thought about it. Huge thank you to all the new subscribers. Subscription logos in the bottom right-hand corner. Huge thank you to people who've gone down in the description box and checked out all of his links, his Instagram, his YouTube. Please go over and support and share his videos and follow what he's doing. He's been so gracious coming in here today. Give us his time. I looked at all of his other interviews and he's he's really opened up, you know, about the crime side and everything today. Um, So really appreciate him coming in. So show your love. Go down, click on his links and um, help him expand his empire in the UK.
0: All my UK fools, what's happening? Hazard Pustum right here. Woof.
1: Give oh, a hug, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cheers. Well, that's brilliant. Thanks very much. Right. Yeah, yeah. Brilliant. You, you
0: already know you've been in the. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Arizona,
1: Arizona. <laughs> it's um, it's that that, yeah. and then oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Homie. That's right. <laughs> <laughs>